know you, even though I've literally just walked into your home. But I feel like I have a bit of a a little bit of an insight into who you are already because I, I, I've read that beautiful book. Oh, did you? Yeah, The Story of Helen Gray, and it's by that company, My Word. Yes. Um, and it's really lovely. So I've been borrowing that and right. having a little snoop through it. So it was lovely to get to know. Helen Gray. A real, yeah, Helen Gray. No doubt you've probably had quite a big impact on a lot of people's lives, and I just want to start at the beginning because one of the biggest, the strongest things that I got out of reading your life story was what uh, – here's the thing. I was, I was thinking about it over the last couple of days, and I think there's this funny impression, and not, not so much from your photos. In, in fact, your photos, your old older photos, and obviously we're used to seeing older photos, you know, black and white, you know, you always looked pretty happy, but a lot of historical photos, um, and historical photos are from the seventies. You know, my, you know, I, I'm in historical photos too, so I don't mean that with any kind of disrespect. But you know, a lot of people looked really miserable, didn't they? They oh, weren't. Yeah. What, what was um, that? I, I don't know, but the, the older generation to me, yeah, they never used to smile. They didn't smile. They, they, they didn't even nag. You'll see, even at weddings sometimes. Yeah, you see. As soon as people see the camera, they freeze. Yeah, and they don't smile. Do you, tell me, um, remind me, what was your birth date? The eighth of January, nineteen thirty-six. Nineteen thirty-six. The eighth of January, nineteen thirty-six. Okay, yeah. so that obviously that is that that is you were born in the era when I think people weren't supposed to smile in photos. Well, that just was just after the depression, and yeah, people were still trying to. Pick themselves up again. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of them were sad because of all what happened. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, and, and that's, I guess, what I was thinking about. I was thinking, were people from that time, and I, and I am talking more photos from probably, mm. you know, the Great Depression sort of era, the 20s and 30s, mm. were they genuinely as miserable as they looked in those photos? No, I think so. N- no. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Or, um, and I'm sure a lot of them would have been under very tough times, but or was that the fashion that for whatever reason you don't smile? Yeah, they didn't want to show their feelings. They didn't want to show their feelings. I reckon that was what it is. Isn't that extraordinary? Yeah. yeah. And so you were born in 1936 and so that was after, so that was after, great, after the Great Depression yeah. and after World War One. Yeah. How come you had such a happy childhood? Because I had parents that were, we were always happy. Our household was always happy. My dad worked very hard. Yeah. Uh, what did he do? He was an estate agent. Right. And he, but my grandfather passed away when my dad was only 16 or 17. Oh, that's young. And my dad had to pick up the pieces and it was just the start of the Depression. Wow. And he had to go and collect. It was after the war. And he'd have to go out and collect rents and get all the money back oh. that was lost by my grandfather um, had a partner who nicked off with all the money. Wow. And left him absolutely des- destitute virtually. And, and, and um, my dad was the youngest of three children, two older sisters. So he said to his mother, don't worry, I'll go out and work. And he just left school and at 16, he was at Melbourne High. And he left school and went off and... Wow. Picked up the business and brought it to what it is today. And what is it today? Real estate business. Yeah, but, but, oh, but quite a successful oh, one. Oh, very successful. My brother runs it now. Gee. And um, 
he's he's been terrific. He he actually went and did um, agriculture at Dukey College. Yeah. But decided no, he didn't want to be a farmer after all. So he came back to Melbourne Uni and did a commerce course, and then went into the business. So it was interesting because he was modern, in those days modern. Yeah. And he said to my dad, I think we should lash out and do um, commercial stuff as well as residential. So my dad ran the residential side of my brother and set up the commercial side. Wow. What's the business called? Gray Johnson. Gray Johnson. So, gosh, so your dad losing his dad when he was 16, having to obviously forfeit whatever dreams he may or may not have had as as, as what he was going to be and what subjects he liked and, you know, what he was mapping out in his head. But also at that time you said what he had to go and collect rents and things like that. Imagine in the Great Depression or, you know, in the years and just after. Yeah, I believe it was in the Great Depression, that's right. And you're still... A, a kid, yeah. you know, 16, 17, whatever he was, even even right up, you know, till tw- even 20. Right. But imagine having to go and knock on the door of those people who are already under huge financial yeah. duress and then have to do his job and be the one to yeah. talk finances. Right. And right. what a character. What do you think it was about your dad that made him equipped to know. do I that? I don't know. It must have just been his brain. But he's been a very much a man of talent as far as I'm concerned. What kind of talent? Well, just business-wise, business savvy, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, over the years he was um, a councillor at Northcote Council for a long time. Yeah. He's been the president of Northcote Cricket Club. He's been on the Victorian Cricket Association. He's been secretary to the Melbourne Footy Club. So sport was his... Big thing. Yeah. And he was a very good footballer himself. He played what, what now he played association football for Northcote, which is now classified as um, league football, VFL football. It has become since then. So he's a huge overachiever. Mm-hmm. But what's but what's interesting, and what is usually the case, but doesn't sound like the case with your dad, and especially also being of that time, is. Often people that are really good at business, and especially men, can usually be brilliant at business, a little bit devoid of emotion. That's right. And yet he is going and being his business self, so I can see how he can potentially, although it's still, you know, a a, a fairly genius way to compartmentalise things in terms of going, I know these people are under hardship. They're, you know, off the back of the Great Depression. Life is a nightmare. I'm, I'm needing to speak to probably the male of the house who is going through probably a, shocking, a, a shocking, shocking time, yeah. self-esteem, family all relying on him, you know, all of that kind yeah. of stuff. But then your dad being able to go, okay, but business is business. I've still got to do my part of it. You know, the world's got to keep ticking. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't suddenly everything doesn't su- yeah, suddenly become free. Right. But then your dad being able to come home and be emotionally, it sounds like, available yeah. to you is, is, oh, is yeah. quite. When, when I, you know, as a little girl, it was terrific. But, you know, I think it, we lived through the war years, of course, the Second World War years, and with him, with his business, and he'd often come home at night and, you know, 6 o'clock my mother always said, dinner's at 6, mm. you have to be there. Mm. So he would leave the office, he would come home and sit and have dinner with us mm. And then he put his other cap on mm. and go. Well, some nights he'd have to go to council meetings and you know 
all those things of mm, football mm, training meetings. Mm, and, training. and go and be that other part of and himself. Go and be the other part of himself. Gee. And then some nights you'd have to say to my mother, I've got to go and collect rents here, there, and everywhere. Because in the war years, the men were away and the women were out working, so there was no one home during the day. Mm-hmm. So he'd have to go out at night and do his rent collection as well. Wow. That's and extraordinary. He was just one of those people. And, you know, I, I, I know where he's like, I know what he was like because. I'm I was going to say, are you like your dad? Do you think? Because yeah. you, because from what I can gather, you you've got a pretty incredible um, outlook on life. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of family members still very present, and the and the beautiful girls um, that I was talking to before coming here were saying how, you know, there's some there's some guests that live um, where here at, at um, in Baldwin where you live at Freedom Aveo and. There's some that have a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people come, they come and visit and it's a sort of dutiful visit and they probably lost a bit of the connection with that, that, that family member. So it is sort of, okay, we need to go and do the right thing and visit them and that kind of thing. But they were saying that you have a lot of family members not only visit regularly but they also stay over and you've got a really great relationship yes. with them. With all my nieces and nephews and children. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got yeah. people and grandchildren. Yeah. So uh, what so I actually what I think is really, really important is to sort of get a bit of an understanding of the makings of you and I think it would be nice to explore, I guess, the mother that set a lot of your values mm-hmm. and the old kind of the old what we call sort of the more old-fashioned family values about mm-hmm. family and you know childhood and stuff like that because I feel that that is getting lost in yeah, in the mix and I also kind of think that there's there's still a lot of people out there that do have that Perhaps the, the 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 mother is uh, more the one that stays at home, and you know she a full time mother. Yeah. But I feel like that there's a lot of people that kind of make those sort of women feel probably a little bit like oh is that all? Yeah. And I just don't agree with that. Yeah, well, my mother was um, she was yeah the stay at home mother of course, yeah. and she was a fantastic cook. And uh, what sort of stuff did she cook? Uh, the best thing of all, she cooked sponges. Uh, but she she was a great cook. But she was also very social. Very she, quiet. She wasn't. So she like, wasn't the martyr mum. No, 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 no. And she wasn't like my dad and myself, who's very outgoing. Mm. Mother was very reserved, but she was very much a social person. In the fact, we had a tennis court. We were very lucky, mm. and we had a tennis court. And we, there's always girls, women, girls coming in and playing cricket, and then they'd sit and have afternoon tea. And then, of course, that then, then, then on this, you got on to solo. I remember solo. My yeah, nanny used to yeah, play solo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we used to love coming home from school when they'd had a solo afternoon. Yeah. We'd have all the leftovers. It was great. But um, <clears throat> So cooking was one of her one kind of, of things. Yeah. yeah. And just general housework and mm. what have you and helping us when we needed help. And, yeah. Um, very much very close to the neighbours in our little street that we lived in. Mm, yeah. They were all good friends and they were so good friends that we used to call them auntie and uncle. Yeah. Because in those days that's what you did. Yeah. You didn't call people by their Christian names. No, yeah. So. Well, and, and and I think you had a lot more people in your lives that, that really yeah. kind of almost did play well, that role because yeah. people, I, I, I feel like we 
we understood. And I'm just referring back to more so my nana and her, and you know, that side of my world when I was growing yeah. up. Um, and she, so I only had one nana growing up because her husband had gone and my dad's uh, grandparents I, I never met. Yeah. But she was, you know, but those things that I remember that so fondly, which is why I just think that they're so yeah. incredibly important, are things like the things that she used to make, you know, her date loaf and, yeah. you know, her meat loaf and things like that. The power of connection and memory over yeah. those stable foods that yeah, right. brought us joy, but also the neighbours yeah. who were part of our lives. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, the, and in a way that feels like a time that's really been left behind. That's right. And I think, it, and, it, and it's not unachievable. I mean, the neighbours are still there. It's just that you don't have the time. Well, uh, yeah, we, we say we don't. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because everywhere you look in every article, mm. you do hear that, you know, people are constantly saying, oh, we're all much busier these days. Yeah. And I... I don't know that that to me doesn't sort of sit well because I don't really understand. I don't know. It, it, to me, it doesn't feel like right. it, the way it has to be. Yeah. So, you're probably like my daughter. My daughter works full time. Yeah. And she's a housewife. Yeah. And she's everything about the garbage. Or she's even the garbage man, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but she still likes it. She's still socialised. Mm. She's got friends and. They go out and say, she'd rather do that than do her housework mm. because she said if you don't stay with your friends, you may as well be dead. Mm. It's her attitude. So. And so when you were a young girl, like when you were kind of, you know, tens moving into the early teens, what do you remember much about yourself, like what you were excited yeah. about, what you thought, oh, what was going on in your world? Yeah, no, I suppose I was just excited with living. I loved going to school and I loved playing sport and mm. Um, Sport seemed to be a very big thing back then too, yeah. yeah. Um, and just social, going to church and socialising, you know, there we used to, you know, we were groups at the church and you'd all be together and go away on church camps and, mm. you know, it was all those type of things. Mm. So that was always exciting. And so the church, of course, uh, you know, br- brings, yeah, brings yeah. another sense yeah. of connection and... Yeah. and uh, That's right. Well, and in my day, church was a... You know, God-given thing virtually to end every Sunday. Yeah. It's a Sunday school in June. Whereas now the young people don't tend to do that. No, and I think that's um, – and, and I think in your day – you know, would you say that going to church on a Sunday was more about coming together with your community than it was about whether you believed the the story? Yeah, yeah. Whereas now um, people are more inclined to question if if they're walking into a church every Sunday, they feel that they absolutely have to believe in that that, that God story they're telling, whatever church that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But the best part of going to church every week was, yeah, going to the service. Yeah. Then we'd all, the young ones to have a group and we'd, we'd stay on for, you know, during the afternoon and, and have a group, a musical group, and then do what we wanted to either go home or we'd go out somewhere or yeah. somebody, 
So church was a very major part mm. of my life. Mm. Not because I'm, you know, of the religious side, of the social side. It's with utmost respect I am interrupting this beautiful conversation now for a moment to thank my sponsors, Freedom Aged Care. So when I decided to do this podcast series, which really came from a genuine place of feeling like the one generation in our society being talked about the least was actually the one we needed to be listening to because these people have lived so much. So I decided to give an aged care company a go and I chose one that I'd explored during my search to find somewhere for my dad to live. And I instantly loved what Freedom appeared to be about, which was celebrating the lives of their residents, but doing it with a really joyful touch. And I contacted a guy called Craig Flett, who's one of the family members involved with Freedom Aged Care, a guy I'd never met. And in an email, I poured my heart out on why I wanted to do this series. And to my great surprise, he instantly said he wanted to get on board. As he put it, Freedom's residents have together lived a million years of life, a fact that the company is really intensely proud of. So it's become a really beautiful, authentic union, and it's allowed me to get paid for what I love doing, and for them, hopefully, it highlights their commitment to honouring the people who have led long, brave and interesting lives, and people who deserve not to be forgotten. So now, back to my wonderful guest. Another thing that I read, which I was interested in finding more about, which I know was something that happened to a lot, um, certainly a lot more young um, children or or teenagers um, back in your day, was that they developed these, you know, diseases or illnesses um, that, you know, we're such a medically kind of driven, we can cure so many things these days, which I think is wonderful. um, But I think we've also gone to a point where we need to reevaluate. So how often do you use this big medical power, especially at the back end of a a person's life when you're dragging them back to what? You know, that's something that I I dealt with with my grandmother and I really felt we were dragging her back to... Another chapter she didn't want. So yeah. I, fa- I found I was sort of uh, came face to face with the That's power right. of, you know, medicine. But so tell me about you. You had you got scarlet fever. Yeah. Tell me about what is scarlet fever? How old were you? I was nine. Whew. And it was just an awful thing. You just looked to say you were like a, it was a rash. Yeah. And terribly sore throat and very debilitating. And it was very contagious. Really? Yeah. How did you get it, do you think? Well, I was at school, I Just at school. So it's, it's literally like something like that you can pick up at school. Bit, yeah. yeah. And diphtheria. And we had a big outbreak of it here in whatever year that was when I was nine. Um, 1945. Yeah, yeah, 1945, yep. Yeah. That would have been a bit earlier than that because I was already at PLC. Well, maybe it was and just before you were yeah, entering nine. Nine, yeah. No, I think about it. It was when I was eight because I had to repeat that year at school. So mm. um, great, whatever that is. Um, Do you remember much about the early days of, of, of going, oh, God, there's something not right? Or were you frightened at school? Was it, was, it, was there a sense of being frightened that something like that would happen? No, never. So, that, so even more so that kind of hits yeah. you like a bolt out of the oh, blue. Yeah. just came on, you know, it was, oh, she's got a bad cold or she's, and, and she's got a fever and, and she starts coming out in the rat, you know, that type of thing. <clears throat> so was, was scarlet fever a new thing? No, it had been around, but... At that particular time, there was a massive outbreak of it oh. in Melbourne um, with um, where we were scarlet. We all had to go to Fairfield 
there was a, an infectious disease hospital there. So everybody, diphtheria and, and scarlet fever were two things. But there was so much of it that in the end people had to stop at home and be nursed and kept away from all the family and, and what have you, you know, which wow. happened to me. Wow. My mother said, no, you know, we'll put Keep her at home. home. And I was kept in my bedroom with a, with a nurse with me all the time. Wow. The only way I could have contact with the family was through the bedroom window. Oh, you were sure. You were literally like incubated almost. Yeah, yeah. My um, God. For how long? Well, I can't remember how long exactly it was, but I know it was at the beginning of the school year and I missed all that year at school. So it's potentially the good part of 12, 12 months. months. Yeah, I'd say six or seven months probably. My God. Do you... Is, is, is that one of those years that you remember, like, in terms of how you were feeling and or even just a snapshot of the, the time or is it something that was so bad you kind of block out? No, no, I can remember. I can't remember being terribly sick, but no other than saying it was a damn nuisance. But I can remember, like I said, we had a tennis court and um, I'd be watching them play tennis and my brother and sister would be riding their bikes or trikes around mm. the, the tennis court because that's where my bedroom window looked out on. Oh, my God. And I could talk to them through the window, but they weren't allowed to come up close to me. That must have been torturous for a oh, kid who wants to be out doing yeah, what they're doing. Yeah, shocking. But anyway. And did you, did you, you must have, sounds like you, you really loved your mum and dad oh, so yeah. much too, but like the connection and not being able to be... With them. Yeah, like yeah. not being able to be tucked in at night. That's right. Read s- stories. Like It was awful. That part of it, you know, I think was awful. Do you think that that had an impact on your life or your personality in any way as the oh, years went on? I don't know. I just, I'm one of those people that just, oh, yeah, whatever happens, happens. Well, your era was also the real toughen up princess and get on with it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Which was good and bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah sometimes, it's, particularly as I've got older. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because people think I've been so strong. And sometimes I think, yeah. oh, I just like to fall in the heat, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I think also, you know, I know for my father, um, he's very much got, you know, it's, he's not a, he's not a dweller. Um, and however, um, so I think that that has meant that he's probably fitted in a lot more fun and gotten on with life. Yeah, that's right. However, I also see that um, that 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 his grief, you know, he lost his his mother. Um, took her own life when he was sort of 20, 21, 22. That's what my grandfather and my father. Really? Say, yeah. How old? Oh, so right. So, oh, that's how he took it. He took his own life. Jeez. So, your dad, so it wasn't just losing your dad, it was. Having the stigma of suicide. The stigma. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and I, you know, I feel, and I've never had this conversation with my father, but I've had it with my dad's um, sister because she was, she just had um, a baby and she had uh, arrangements with her mother for the Tuesday after she took her own life to go shopping for baby clothes. And I know that what stayed with her was the feeling of, was that not enough joy to hang on? Yeah. The fact that I'd had a baby, baby and that you could have been part of that. Yeah. So it leaves, I think, inevitably a yeah. lot of questions about yeah. self-worth. That's right. When I think when they're that dark, it's got nothing to do yeah. with you, sadly. See, I think this is where my mother was wonderful because even though she was five years younger than my dad, he had an eye for her right from when she started high school. He had an eye for her? 
Oh, really? Oh, I love a man that knows what he wants. And he, so in the end, oh, he was, yeah, I think he was 25 and she, and she was 22, so he would have been 27 when they married. Yeah. But, you know, she stuck with him all that time and went through it all with him as a yeah. young girl herself. Yeah. So, you know. It's a full commitment, isn't it? Yeah. But they, they, were, they loved each other until they died. You know, she, they both died. How, how far apart from each other dying were they? Who died uh, my first? My dad died in 1992 from a broken heart because my sister had Creutzfeldt-Jacobs disease. What, what, what disease? Creutzfeldt-Jacobs, mad cow's disease. Oh, my God. And she, she got that unexpectedly in the December and she died at the beginning of January, the middle of January. And then my dad really fretted about that. And so she 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 tra- travelled to where did she get that? The UK. Years, Thirty years before in the UK. Because I still can't give blood because of the mad no, cow no. disease. Because I was there. The, I think the back end of, or well, you know, when it whenever. No, 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 no. Well, must have been in the nineties. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I was there. They'd be there between ninety one and ninety seven. That's exactly the same as Marley Bay, Marley so she and she got can't it. get blood anyway, but she. Oh. They, they, who's your Libby? Your, my daughter. Okay. Um, and she, uh, my auntie, uh, my your auntie, sister, my sister, she went to England with her husband. He, he was shifted there for work just when they got married, and they lived in England for five years. Yeah. And she she was about, and yet he he's still alive. My gosh. And then he probably ate the same meat. Oh, my God, that's yeah. so bizarre, isn't it? And yeah. your dad died from a broken heart. And I reckon he died from a broken heart. What I wanted to touch on, and I hate bringing up subjects that are kind of painful and, and, and depressing to people, but, you know, I mean, the age-old issue of if a marriage doesn't last which is is very very common these days but what was less common back you know when I was growing up you know my parents split when I was six months old and I felt a real you know I, I was always very conscious of how my mum was dealing with that but I, but I we, we, there was a stigma around our family yeah. so you your marriage I mean after a huge long marriage yeah. 30 odd years yeah. but you you divorced in 1980 which was still early yeah, and that's divorce right. was still that's right. not the norm. How did you deal with that? Well, I'm lucky that I can just get on with life. I don't don't dwell in the past. Do you think that that's – it seems to be a real common theme of the people that I've been interviewing for this yeah. series is that on the plus side – you guys know how to just get on with it. Yeah. On the downside, it's it it, it feels like you, you you weren't a lot of you weren't heard at times where we probably get a little bit more healing through being able to talk about things. Yeah. yeah. So you just got on with it. Yeah, just got. On. I, I found that the worst part was um, my friends knew before I knew that he was playing around. Oh, no. And they didn't like to say anything to me. Oh, But God. consequently it showed me who my real friends were afterwards. See, that is another interesting thing yeah. that, that did happen a lot with divorce yeah. when it was less common was that people were so in that space of you don't get involved in other people's That's business. That's right, yeah. And therefore often 
um, as was the case with, with my um, parents split, is that you then have those situations where you go, who knew? And, and, and usually a lot of people knew. Oh, yeah, this is what I found. Mm. It was very interesting, but never mind. Yeah. Um, I found out who my real friends were, mm. consequently, because some stuck, stuck to him and mm. some stuck with me. Yeah. And that's been what it's like. And, and I mean, I, as a matter of fact, I'm one of these type that I can forgive, never forget, but you forgive. Mm. And I, I forgave him because I thought, oh, well, if that's what he wants, good luck to him. Mm. But long as he doesn't upset my life now. Yeah. Um, which he hasn't. Mm. The only thing is I get, what, you know, a bit thing about is, he doesn't have anything to do with his children or his grandchildren. Mm. But, and then I start and feel sorry for him, which is stupid because I'm sure he would never feel sorry for me. No, that's exactly right. But, but I guess that, what do you think you learned about yourself most at that time? Because that must have been a, a, re- a really tough time. Well, I just knew that, well, yes, it was. It was the toughest time I'd had in my life, I reckon. Yeah. But I think I just knew and grew with it and found out my, my strength was. Yeah, resilience. Yeah, resilience, yeah. 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 And I just got on with life and found a job because I knew I'd have to work. And fortunately the children were, the two boys were already up and out of the house, gone out of the house. thank God. Yeah, but Libby was only 16 and so she was a bit awkward for her because she still wanted to see him and she tried to make contact but he didn't want to see her. No, that's so hard. So, that's so hard to see your and children I, and suffering And I think even like to this day she's still hurt about it. I don't think that sort of stuff ever leaves you, to be honest. Yeah, uh, She said, you know, he doesn't know what he, who his grandchildren are or yeah. anything. So and it does become where you do yeah. end up feeling more sorry for them because you, you are aware of the enormity of love yeah. that comes with that. And when yeah. someone shuts that out... Yeah, that's right. There's, there's obviously some real damage. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I've got two boys that have both been divorced. Mm themselves yeah. in, their, in their 50s mm. and they've got children from those first marriages and one's got children from his second marriage mm. but he still has contact with his other kids yeah. and so does the other son yeah. the other son they haven't had any children so those two boys uh, with them all the, you know just as much as they were with their mother when they yeah. were growing up yeah so and so whereas I, my yeah. kids didn't have that, you know, the, next, yeah. the generation before really didn't have that. Well, and I think that's where you either become the same as your parents' faults yeah. or you go hard the other way because you've seen the effects yeah. of, um, yeah, that's right. you know, that, the, a, a certain behaviour. Yeah. And it can, it, it can make you more conscious of That's something right. that you might not have been. Yeah. Um, I also want to know, um, and I'm th- this just completely throwing this on you, for you in terms of um, an age, because I know I look back, I, I look at and I say, you know what, my 40s are probably turning out to be my most peaceful. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in a good way, not a boring way. Yeah. <laughs> like just sitting there drinking cups of tea on my own the whole time. Um, but I do think that in, in myself I feel better. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about what's happening in the world at the moment. That's not necessarily why I love my 40s moment. But for you, what, what decade do you look back the most fondly um, and whether that's about who you were or the age that you loved or whether it was about an era of the world that you loved? I think probably the 30s for me.
When I was in my 30s, I had my children and they were toddlers and growing, and I just loved being a mum. Mm, mm. And this is why I think it was a good, good year. Then the second year I had was after I was divorced mm. and my whole world became a different type of world. I became involved with more outside, you know, activities and things mm. like that. So you, you kind of discovered more yeah. of yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about in terms of when you look back, you know, this, you know, the the 40s, the 50s, or the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. This is what's so mind-blowing about people like you and I find so fascinating is that you have lived and breathed and had a function in the world through all of those decades. Yes. If you had to choose a favourite decade for whatever reason, which would it be? Uh which do you have the most fond, fondness for? Oh, I think probably the 70s. Yeah, why Because, well, you know, it was the the year of the music and yeah, I was, was getting involved with music and travelling overseas with music yeah, and things yeah. like that. So. It was it was an extraordinary musical yeah, time, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I myself participated so much with music groups and things like that because that was just after I was divorced virtually. Right, so that side right. of yourself opened yeah, up. Just the before music I was side. divorced. And what a beautiful era to yeah, yeah. to discover music yeah. inside yourself. But, you know, and, and, I mean, I was virtually brought up in a family that we all had to play the piano with classical music. Yeah. But I discovered there were other things other than classics. Yeah. And, you know, I used to love all the, all the other kinds, and even to this day, I don't care what the music is, as long as it's music. Yeah. It can be yeah. B-hop or B-bop yeah. or whatever they call it. Or... But you have an appreciation yeah, for yeah. it. And I just I, like music. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, I look back and, I, and I'm really, I, I look back fondly of being a child in the 70s because my mum and, and everyone I was around adult-wise were all having doing a lot of partying and all yeah, that sort of stuff. Right. So I was, you know, privy to a lot of, you know, Fleetwood Mac, you know, Billy Joel, whatever it was. Like, exactly there was right. a lot of great music. So yeah. that that was in my world. I just wasn't yeah, well, that was, drinking that and having a good time, time. That's right. or you know, d- drinking and partying. But yeah. so I feel like this. But but I think to have been an adult must have been pretty mind blowing yeah. in an era that was just it's producing music, music, great music, yeah. extraordinary lyrics yeah. and extraordinary. Oh, Billy music. Joel. And oh my God. Neil Diamond. Oh, oh. just love them. It's crazy, isn't yeah. it? So what about what about what do you think the, your least favourite kind of decade or so looking back is? I guess in terms of just looking at the world, not necessarily yeah. yourself. But I would say it would be during the war years in the 40s. Yeah. It yeah. was very depressing yeah. type of life then. Yeah. And, I mean, even though we, we were in a household that still laughed and <clears throat> everything and fortunately my father didn't have to go to war because he had his own business. Yeah. So I was lucky Safety. in that way. Mm. But, you know... It was very sombre mm. that in the 40s. Mm. It wasn't as lively as, as it became. Mm. But in the 50s, life started for me because by then I was a teenager. Mm. And well, it sounds like everyone else in the world was cranking up a bit then and letting yeah. their hair down and starting yeah. to enjoy life a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. So, okay, so wisdom. If, if, I, if I could just throw it at you and say, you know, what's, that's, what's one thing you sort of sit there you know, at the age you are now and with so much wisdom and, and, and go, okay, I wish I'd known a bit more. You know, this is what I think about the world. You know, what, what's a take-out that you could just give to, 
younger people. Well, I just think to believe in yourself mm. is the best thing. And if you And be true to yourself mm. and work hard. Yeah. And that's my bit of wisdom to people. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but it's actually so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you can work really hard, but you, you you're not going to be happy. That's right. Yeah, I'm a great believer. I'm a great believer in believing in yourself, and that you can do it if you want to, if you really set your mind to it. I'd like to thank Freedom Age Care for introducing me to some of its wonderful residents for this series who together have lived a million years of life. To find out more about Freedom Age Care, head to freedomagecare.com.au.